the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, Thursday, let's get right with it. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Hannah Bunch-Reber, uh, who is the new director for ACE Scholarships here in Arkansas. And Hannah, welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks for joining us so early in the morning. Bring us up to date. Yeah. First of all, I think we need to bring up the, the listeners again on what exactly ACE Scholarships are. Well, good morning. I appreciate you having me on so early. Um, So, yeah, so ACE Scholarships, um, we have been in the state since 2018. And ACE Scholarships has been providing K-12 scholarships for economically disadvantaged families to send their children to private school. Um, So our vision is that every child has equal access to a quality education. Um, We value freedom here in Arkansas and we are enabling families to practice freedom when it comes to their children's education. All right. Do you think it, uh, m- most people understand what this scholarship is all about? I think that that's something that we are still working on and, and sharing that, um, you know, that we're here. Um, I think that, you know, we've done some really great work. We have over 600 students on our K-12 scholarships. Um, but yeah, that's something that we're still trying to connect people to with the name ACE. Okay. We help families like send their children if they are, you know, not getting their needs met in public school or if they're homeschooling, but they can't afford to send their kids to a private school to try a different option. Um, I think that that's something we're still trying to connect them to connect them to our mission and what we're doing. Okay. So let's explain to our, our listeners how they can help with this scholarship program because it's really easy, correct? It is, yeah. So um, actually this year there's a really special opportunity for folks to not just give to something they believe in, um, which is, you know, a quality education for every child, but um, they actually could receive a tax credit. Um, so last year, thankfully, the legislation, um, Senator Disming was the one who sponsored the bill, they passed a tax credit scholarship opportunity um, that allows folks, there's a $2 million cap, um, and so there is a limited, you know, amount of money that people can benefit from by donating to ACE, but it's called the Philanthropic um, Investment in Arkansas Kids Program. And so if you donate to an organization like ACE, um, you will receive dollar for dollar 100% tax credit on what you donate to us. And so, um, yeah, so not only can you donate to us, but you can also donate this year, thank, thankfully, to um, our Arkansas legislature um, to us and receive a tax credit. Um, and all you have to do to do that is to go online to www.acescholarships.org 
or you could reach out to me directly at my email, which is hreber at ascholarships.org. All right, so uh, Hannah, you add, you know, I was told by some folks, by uh, Ryan and some others from Americans for Prosperity, and uh, I hadn't heard from Lori. I'm surprised I haven't heard from Lori Lee, but she talked about it the last time she was on the show. This is a really great program because uh, this can benefit a lot of uh, disadvantaged kids to end up in, in private schools and, uh, and get a tremendous education. It, it really can, and it's projected um, just with this $2 million tax credit um, at least affecting three to 500 students in Arkansas. Wow. And, that just, and, and with, you know, with COVID, our, I mean, academia has been really hard on everybody, and families are feeling desperate and needing options. And so hopefully, you know, if any of your listeners today know a family or they are that family that they need another option in education, would love for them to reach out to us. And we can help them see if, you know, they're good, if they meet the qualifications for our scholarship. And then also, and our our scholarship is specifically for uh, economically disadvantaged families. So that's the only thing that we're really looking for. Um, uh, And then also, uh, you know, if anyone is interested in donating, then we would love that as well. And to take advantage of really this historic legislation in Arkansas. Okay, real quickly again, for my listeners, where do they go to to set this up so they can get this tax credit? Yes, so they would go to our website at www.acescholarships.org, and there's an orange donate button in the right top corner, Um, and you can click Arkansas. There's a map, and you can click to donate directly to Arkansas. Any money that's donated to Arkansas stays in Arkansas. Um, and then also you could email me at hreber at acescholarships.org. All right, acescholarships.org. That's basically the place to go to make this donation and just, you know, it's kind of like uh, who, who was the, who's the maker of the, the paper and stuff that used to have the button that you pushed? That's kind of what this is. You just oh, pushed yes. the button. <laughs> Yes. Oh, is it Staples? Yeah, Staples. Yeah, the yes, Staples they button. They had the best commercials. Yes. All right. So keep that in mind. I appreciate your time. Uh, I'll let you. I don't know if you get up this early normally or if you want to go lie back down and try to figure out how you lost the sleep. But go, go, go ahead and lay back down if you want to. Hey, I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much again for letting us share about this program and what we're doing. Thank you, Absolutely. David. Thanks a lot for being with us on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're going to get the first break in uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And then we've got another guest going to join us in a moment. Uh, we're going to talk about what's been going on with Robert Steinbach. And uh, we have a, a gentleman who's the head of a, a large Jewish uh, group of uh, of lawyers that wants to talk to us for about 15 minutes. So we're going to talk and get him to bring us up to date on all that. Well, yesterday, you know, I talk about PI roofing a lot here on the show. Yesterday, I called him. Uh, because I've got a, I've got some discoloration in my bedroom on the on the ceiling, and it's been there for a while. Remember, I told you about the problem I had with with uh, uh, Directv, and they put that fly swatter looking like uh, antenna on my house years ago. Well, they when they took it off, they didn't fill in the holes where they had the uh, the screws at, and water got in my house, and so uh, I've got I had the uh, now, PI roofing come out, 
fix that for me. They uh, they literally lifted a piece of uh, of the wood off of my off of my uh, my roof and put the wood in there and and put down the uh, the fil- uh, the fabric again and and the uh, shingles again to break off the 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 leak but when it leaked it made some discoloration and i was pushing on that uh, that area yesterday and i could feel that it had really screwed up some of the the drywall there so i called a pi roofing yesterday and i got somebody coming out monday and they're going to give me an estimate they're going to remove uh the bad drywall and then you know replace it and then mud it and tape it the whole nine yards and then repaint the ceiling in my bedroom so that it looks a hundred percent so like i keep telling you it's the only people i call when there's something about my roof that i need to get done so i call them if you got something you need done on your roof if it's just to have your roof inspected to make sure it's good call them 707-3551 3551 or visit them online piroofing.com all right you know that i have uh, been uh, talking to robert steinbach for quite some time now uh, about what's going on over at the bowen school of law and you know the this whole thing about discrimination because he's jewish and and uh, whatnot and i wanted to make sure that we talked a little bit more about this and we've got rob garson coming on he's the uh, president of the uh, national association of jewish lawyers and jurists here on the dave ellswick show and and, and it's good to have you with us rob uh, were, were you kind of hey, good morning dave how yeah, are you i'm doing good were you kind of stunned when you started hearing about this story well actually this was brought to my attention um, by a non-Jewish lawyer, okay, um, and um, and not one from Arkansas. Um, and once I started looking into this, uh, stunned within a law school, sure, uh, but we're really familiar uh, with these sorts of uh, with these sorts of allegations that come. Uh, as you can hear, I'm not from America originally, despite now being president of the American Association of Jewish Lawyers and Jurists. Um, That's all right. Every every woman's ears popped up because they love a British accent. <laughs> but it's but, but but in terms of no, but in terms of these types of allegations, yeah, it's things we hear about come from a dean of a law school. It's yes. remarkably surprising. Yeah, well, let's... Um, and it was and it picked up people um, who weren't Jewish sufficiently that they needed and felt the need to get in touch with me. Okay, so. That means that this story has broke out nationally, is what you're telling me. Yes, it has. All right. Not, not, not a good reflection upon the Bowen School of Law, to say the least. By the way, Teresa uh, Beaner, I think that she is the person who's the, uh, the law school dean. Uh, was it wrong for her to refuse, do you believe, uh, to refuse, uh, you know, Steinbach, the ability to have uh, guest lecturers on Jewish High Holy Days? Well, yes, of course it was. It, um, not only would it have been uh, wrong for somebody, generally, a new professor coming along, 
But here you've got somebody like Robert Steinberg, Professor Steinberg, who's been doing this for over 20 years and without complaints from his students. And the problem here is it wasn't a student-driven complaint. This is, you know, without wishing to go back to the Bible and to quote that, it's a bit like stating there arose a new pharaoh who knew not Joseph. Um, here, there is a professor who is loved by his students, who has done, um, uh, who has served his students for over 20 years. And now a dean comes along and says, awfully sorry, this practice that you've got, that we've had within this university of respecting your religious high holy days on days where you can't use Zoom, you can't phone in, you can't use lights uh, or anything like that. Awfully sorry to bring in a guest lecturer where somebody is making accommodation for their students so their students' lives are enriched by, uh, by somebody else. Um, and it's certainly not that the dean is stating that these people were not qualified. They certainly were qualified. Well, here's the other Let me, let me yeah, just sorry. jump in, Rob. Here's the other thing about this is that other professors are doing the exact same thing. But it's just not because of, uh, you know, Jewish uh, high holy days, which to me screams out discrimination very loudly. Well, well, it, it, it is discrimination, but what we see as Jews is, um, is that it's the acceptable form of discrimination. Uh-huh. You see, if it's, um, if it's racism based upon, upon gender, upon color, um, uh, upon any other aspect of, uh, for example, uh, race or persuasion, then that's not acceptable. But when it comes to anti-Semitism, when it comes to Jews, well, do you know what? They can take it. And that's the way that it's been time and again. But the thing is, you don't expect to see it in a law school. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I was stunned when Robert brought this up to me. And I was the one who said, hey, look, we need to talk about this on the air because it needs to be aired out so everybody knows what's going on. And what has happened now is that the dean of the law school uh, got a group of people, I guess, to... Uh, you know, write a letter and saying that uh, what uh, Robert Steinbach was is 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 crying about being discriminationary. It's not that. Look the other way. You know, kind of doing you know the whole thing about magic. You know, I'm doing everything with my left hand, but you watch my right hand. And then they right. they have people sign this letter, and some of them aren't even Jews. Well, look, it's. First, that's very nice. Thank you very much for trying to uh, for trying to not assist uh, the Jewish cause along the way. Look, you can always find people that are going to sign uh, that are going to sign letters. Maybe it's a form of Stockholm syndrome where people have become conditioned to being badly treated en route. I don't know, but certainly from the externals, um, and not just from Jewish people, as I've stated, people saw this as wrong. And I have to tell you something: within the United States. I found that judges, jurors, other counsel invariably want to accommodate Jewish people. And because, not just because of the contribution that Jewish people have made to, the, to American jurisprudence, because basically people are good guys. It's just like if somebody says, you know, could I have a day off for maternity leave? Or because I'm taking, you know, I've got a sick child. That's fine. We all try and accommodate each other within the profession. And I found within America that judges and juries have, have risen for me on the high holy days without complaint to a person. 
However, here you have somebody who's charged with teaching children or youths or young people to fight against injustice whilst perpetrating injustice herself. And one thing that I was very happy to see was, in fact, that when the university administration came back, they came back and said, well, if, you know, if the dean does this again, then it will be, uh, then it will be religious discrimination. That is strong language coming from people who really don't want to be reprimanding their own dean. Yeah, there you go. We don't want to reprimand our own dean because, you know what, she's the dean. And what will she do if she hears that, you know, I voted to reprimand her? I've got problems with that. But, uh, you know, here's the other thing. If this was any other religion, let's say this had been a Muslim and uh, Robert was a Muslim. uh, Do you think the dean would be uh, facing a more fiery response from the, oh, 100%. From the yeah okay a hundred percent because jewish people on the whole they take it um you know they uh, they're used to being mistreated and they just want to get on with um with their lives and so therefore people take it on route but it wouldn't dream i wouldn't even dream or i wouldn't dream if an associate of mine said to me robert i want a day off for good friday i want to arrange it that my schedule doesn't uh, doesn't conflict with Good Friday as a prime example. By all means, take it. We're right. humans living with each other, and I respect other people other people of faith. And of course, if it would have certainly, if it would have been a Muslim, there would have been an outcry. Um, uh, I, I I don't know if in Arkansas there would be a situation where somebody who is a committed Christian that was. Um, they uh, they would be discriminated against in the same way. I just don't know. All right. My guest, Rob Garson, I got one more question for him. He's the president, National Association of Jewish Lawyers and Jurists. Uh, Rob, do you guys have a website that people can go to? Have you guys written any articles about this? Well, I wrote a letter, actually, an open letter. But, yes, we go to the a, um, aajlj.org. Okay, so it's for American Association of Jewish Lawyers and Jurists dot org. Okay, last question, and now I'm, I'm going to okay. ask you a kind of a put yourself in the dean's position type thing. What would you do if you were the dean? What do you think she should do now? She should look at her policies properly. I've looked at their employment policies in relation to this. It, they seem to have been drafted specifically for Robert Steinberg. I think they need to be redrafted, and I think she has to have a good look at herself as to what sort of lawyer she is and what sort of lawyer she wishes her students to be. I don't, I'm not one of these people that demands cancel culture. That's not me. Um, but all we want is fairness for people like Robert Steinbuch so that Jewish students and Jewish professors can feel safe at this school of law. Well, here's the thing that bothers me most. He's been able to do this for years. For the 20 years yeah. he's been been teaching, yeah. and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this new dean decides, no, we're not going to do it that way. Now she's been told, yeah, this is, this is stinking, and uh, you can't do that anymore. Well, what about this time? He's been, he's been wrongfully treated. He has been, but you know what? We all we believe in, re, in rehabilitation in the law, and, um, and maybe... Uh, this dean can re- rehabilitate herself and we'll see a better law school and a better dean for it. 
Well, but I would have, to have the courage to be able to do that. I'd like to see her write a letter to the uh, the paper and publish it as a guest editorial, saying that she was wrong and that this is never going to happen again at Bowen Law School. I would like to see that too. Right. Um, but you know, but you know, in the Bible, we do believe in miracles. <laughs> yes, I do. You're exactly right. I do. All right, Rob Garson, we appreciate your time. He's the president, National Association of Jewish Lawyers and Jurists. Thanks for the time joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, we'll have you on uh, later on because anti-Semitism is on the rise in the United States. Unfortunately, so, so, but any time. All right. Thank you thank very you. much indeed. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Good to have you on here on the Dave Ellswick uh, Show. And that's true. Anti-Semitism is on the rise in our nation, and it's not a good thing. All right, coming up, we're going to go find out what's going on in the rest of the country. Uh, We'll get you some news. We're going to come back, and we're going to have uh, Justice of the Peace Brown on. He's running for uh, election coming up next year. He wants to be a state representative. I forget exactly. I think it seems as I draw from... My gray matter. I haven't. I haven't taken my Prevagen today. Um, uh, <laughs> I think it's District Fifty Two, if I'm not mistaken. It's a new district. All right. So we'll uh, we'll talk to him about that when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you. Don't forget about uh, the good folks at ICU Protection. That's I, the letter I, the letter C, and the letter U. Protection LLC. If you're looking for uh, security services, you know, like alarms, cameras, you know, that takes in the whole monitoring thing, whether it's at a house or at a business, that's what you need to do. You need to get a hold of them. 501 205 1333. 501 205 1333. And uh, Billy Mack, the owner, says they'll take good care of you, and I believe that. He's been by a couple times now talking to me, and I've met him for for uh, uh, breakfast, and then I had him on my show. I'll probably have him on a, in a, a, in the near future because they're different than everybody else because you pay for the service. You don't pay for the hardware. They put all the hardware in, and they'll just charge you monthly uh, for uh, keeping uh, track of that hardware of the, you know, that digital trip line that they've got, the cameras that they have. Those cameras that they have are not those ones like you say on A&E crime shows that they're so fuzzy and out of focus a lot of times. You can't tell whether it's a man or a woman or whatever. You can't tell who it is. They've got 1080p cameras. That is the same clear uh, clarification or clear uh, you know clear picture that you get on direct tv on your satellite and i i like direct tv and i like that high definition and you can get that kind of picture on people who may be doing uh, spurious things uh to your house or to your business uh, don't forget, they also have analytics with this, means they have uh, true detection within those cameras. Uh, they can tell whether it's a person, an animal, a car, or whatever, maybe a big bunch of leaves you know, blowing by. It doesn't give you a bunch of false alarms. So get the best if you're going to forget the rest. You like that? You know, get the best and forget the rest. Uh, 
get one of the services from ICU uh, protection, whether it's alarm, security, monitoring, whether it's for a home or uh, a business. Again, the number to call and do this today. Don't put it off. Call today, 501-205-1333. Talk to Billy Mack. And remember, you pay for the service, not the hardware. All right, let's move on with the show here on the Dave Ellswick Show, moving to the second half hour of the show. And uh, we're going to be joined by Matt Brown. Matt Brown is a uh, justice of the peace in Faulkner County. Uh, He is looking to become a state representative. He's going to be running uh, for a district. What's the number of the district? Because it's like a new district, isn't it, Matt? Uh, good morning, Dave. Uh, yes, sir, it is. Uh, it's it's a new District 55, um, which is essentially it's the district that, that Spencer Hawks has right now, but it is being shrunk down just a little bit due to the uh, population growth in Conway. Okay. And the explosion up in, in northwest uh, Arkansas, probably. Well, for us, it uh, doesn't affect us, but the same. luckily we've had the same problem in West Conway. We've just exploded over the past 10 years, and they've had to uh, – even my JP district, they had to shrink down to try to, to, to keep those numbers right. Well, the, the first question I got to ask you, Matt, is, you know, you, you JP uh, being over there in uh, by Conway, if you're dealing with the, uh, the county, it's pretty conservative. If you're dealing with the city, not so much. Uh, are you hoping to get into the state legislature so you can deal with uh, a whole lot more uh, conservative guys than – you know, liberal people? Well, Dave, uh, it's actually uh, kind of an interesting thing that um, you're absolutely right. You know, Faulkner County is, a, by and large, a, a conservative county. Um, as far as my JP district, uh, what I've run into is uh, Western Conway uh, tends to be a very red district. Um, one thing that I ran into uh, when I was campaigning in my JP races is time and time again I would talk to a voter and uh, I would hear the story of, you know, hey, Matt, you know, I was a Democrat up until 2004, 2008, and the Democrat Party left me, and that's when I became a Republican. And so we've, we've seen this change uh, in my part of the world of, of becoming more conservative. Um, as far as, as, as the county versus the city, uh, uh, fortunately, we kind of have our own little uh, our spheres that we operate in. Of course, as the county... Uh, our concerns are more of uh, uh, the jail and the sheriff's department and the, the departments of the county government. So there's there's not really been too much overlap with the city. Um, I will say this: when I have constituents call me and uh, they want to uh, to talk to me about a uh, you know like a road that's tore up or something like that, well, the first thing I have to do is is get out my map and. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, sir, but that's actually a city road. Let me tell you who to call. Okay. Uh, but I, if I get down to the state house, I do look forward to working with our Republican majority. Um, that is one thing that has excited me about Arkansas over the past, you know, 15, 20 years is how we have turned red. And I think, you know, have, have started to see reason. Um, I'm a lifelong Republican. I've been a Republican since I was in the sixth grade. And that is one thing that excites me is to see that, that the state has shifted, um, and uh, if I make it down there, my goal is to continue that and to make sure that we have real Republicans who will vote the Republican way down at the state house. All right, so let, let me ask this question because I ask of a lot of people that are running as Republicans. Do you believe in the platform of the state Republican Party? Absolutely. 
And uh, number one, I think, on that platform, I remember, is pro-life, and I'm 100% pro-life and 100% uh, pro-gun. Well, belief in God is number one, but that's all right. If, if you're pro-life, that tells me you believe in God. i got to tell you exactly. that right now. But uh, uh, several things happened in this uh, this uh, shortened legislative session you know, that we have uh, dealing with uh, the economy. Uh, the governor went out of his way to keep certain pieces of legislation from being presented during the last time they they got together. Uh, for instance, State Senator uh, Raper wanted to bring forth a, a piece of legislation like that of in Texas uh, dealing with uh, uh, right to life, and the governor fought against that. Uh, the uh, The legislature needed to vote two thirds to hear those those bills, and they decided not to. Does that disappoint you? Do you think they should have went ahead and taken those up? Uh, it does, and and I think that should have been taken up. One thing that has disappointed me, and I think this kind of goes to uh, your question before about the legislature and becoming more conservative, is um, I have been disappointed in some of the uh, the, the, the roadblocks that, that Governor Hutchinson has kind of put in front of the legislature the past few years, uh, whether it be the heartbeat bill, um, the, uh, the, the uh, gosh, the, the, the mask mandates, the vaccines, it's just uh, – I've been a little disappointed here lately in Governor Hutchinson, you know, even though, of course, I did support him as a Republican. Yeah. Um, but it, it's been disappointing. I, I'm looking forward to, I think Sarah's probably got it. Uh, of course, I support Sarah, and I'm looking forward to seeing what, what, what Sarah's going to do when she gets in. You know, Matt, this Wayne Beach, um, I'm sitting here looking, at, and I see the same thing that you're seeing, a lot of, a lot of uh, um, roadblocks that I know how, Ace is putting up in front of a lot of people like he's running. He, he typically gets in. He tries to run people against true conservatives that I, that I see. I'm talking about true conservatives. And and uh, and it's almost like like down in district, the old District 12 in South uh, West Arkansas. I, I personally saw that where he and uh, his nephew, Jim Hendren, were supporting a Democrat candidate. And you had you had uh, the Republican uh, committees down there were working their tails off to try to raise money to make sure that the Republican candidate would get elected. Now, how would you feel if you were like Eddie Arnold down in Clark County, the chairman down there, and and then these two top um, Republican leaders jumped up and said, we're supporting the Democrat candidate? How would you feel? Obviously, I think I would be devastated and feel that I was... Uh I would just be devastated. Um, to me, one thing about politics is, is if, uh, uh, you know, you need to stand by your party. If you are a Republican, uh, in my opinion, you should stand behind your party and you should support your party. And uh, it's kind of like the old saying, blood is thicker than water. Well, I think in, in situations like that, uh, you need to stand behind the, the people who believe as you do. Well, I, I, I agree with you 100%. But I just, I got the feeling, I said, man, you know, those people down in that district, you know, they they probably they've been donating money and trying to trying to trying to get their get the conservative elected, and then and then turn around and have a slap in the face from 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 that family. Well, from the governor, for, from the governor for, and, for sure. And his, and his Hendren, 
Hey, he ain't a Republican anymore. I know. I know. What I'm about. All right. And he, he proves that every every time I talk to him, he proves that to me. But the bottom line is, is that, yeah, the governor should not be throwing his weight behind the Democrat. Absolutely not. I, I totally agree with that. Hey, if you'll hold on, Matt, we got to take a quick break here. You know, I got to pay the bills, so I'm going to do that. And we'll come back and we'll talk some more. Again, Matt is running uh, in District 55. Is that correct? That's right. All right. Want to make sure. I had 52 stuck in my head for some reason, but it's 55. District 55. It's hard to keep up with the changes, Matt. It's hard. Matt, appreciate it. Absolutely. No, stay with us, and we'll talk further here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about David Lucas Financial. They know, uh, even though the president doesn't know, they know that uh, out-of-control government spending, soaring inflation, political unrest, and the decline of the U.S. dollar is foremost on your mind right now. Uh, the bottom line is is that uh, you don't want to let 1970-style inflation uh, destroy your retirement, and we're moving towards stagnation, and we need to stop that for sure. Uh, millions of Americans now are investing in silver and gold to protect their nest eggs, and you can learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets like your IRA, 401K, your hard-earned savings. Here's the number to call, 501-222-3315, 501-222-3315. Uh, the folks at David Lucas Financial work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, back with you. Matt uh, Brown is our guest. He's running for District 55, and uh, we're talking to him about his thoughts right now. Try to try to ask him a bunch of questions and get him to to let us know where he stands on some different issues of thus far he's pro-life he and most importantly uh he has told me that he will uh, adhere to the platform of the uh, state republican party which is absolutely important to me and then secondly matt let me ask this what are some things that you personally would like to bring to the state legislature. I mean, I know you'll be a freshman and you're going to be new, the new kid on the block if you get a, get elected. But what are some things that, in the back of your mind, you would like to push forward as an elected representative? Well, uh, like you said, Dave, uh, when I get down there, I'll be a freshman. So uh, admittedly, I'll be learning the ropes. Uh, luckily, I've had some good support for some, from some sitting legislators down there and uh and have some guidance um uh didn't mention this before but uh, of course i'm an attorney here in conway so i see the uh uh the inner workings of, of some of the laws we have passed down in little rock and uh one thing that i would be uh at the back of my mind that i would love to do at some point is try to work to uh try to fix some of the existing laws we have on the books um we've got so many laws that i deal with day to day that are just uh, they're unnecessarily confusing, and uh, and I think that they could be changed to make it clearer and make it easier for your average Joe to make sure he's uh, complying with the law. So that's 
that's one thing that, that I would like to do. But, but otherwise, as a freshman, I think that, that my job when I'm elected um, and as a Republican is, is to tow that Republican Party line, you know, tow that conservative line. Um, and but, I think uh, it's important you're saying tow that conservative line because there's a lot of Republicans in the state legislature, and I'm not going to name names, and, and I, I want to talk about you and, and not talk about um, – uh, uh, anybody else, but let's just talk about you. And there's a lot of people down there that when it comes, you know, they're big government Republicans. They don't have any problem spending money and uh, on on any plethora of different subjects. Uh, I'd like to be able to see us get to a zero state income tax here in the state of Arkansas. But to do that, we're going to have to cut spending. Are you willing to do the homework that is necessary to find the programs that are worth their money and find the, the programs that aren't and get rid of the ones that aren't? Absolutely. And, uh, Dave, uh, you know, when, he, when I first ran for JP, and I've always – this is what I've always ran on, is, uh, uh, you know, number one, uh, in my opinion – uh, government is at the end of the day a business, and you've got to balance the books, and you've got to make sure that government is delivering uh, the services it should to the citizens, you know, as cost effectively as possible, you know, and uh, and so I make that a fiscal conservative. Every push card I've had, I've put that on there, um, and even at the county level, we have fallen into that trap here lately uh, with all this uh, this COVID relief money that the federal government has has given out. Where the I know here in Faulkner County we've got twenty four million dollars in the bank, and it seems like people are falling over themselves trying to come up with ways to spend this money. Yeah, and uh, on our quorum court here in Faulkner County, one thing that 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 myself has fought hard against is um, is just the spending this money willy nilly on whatever project somebody wants to bring up. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a fiscal conservative. One thing that scares just scares the, the daylights out of me is just the national debt, you know, the federal government and how much we owe. And as I've said on the quorum court, when this coronavirus money came in, uh, everybody was just like, this was money found. And I had to keep bringing the discussion back to know this is from the mortgaging our children's future fund. Yes, it this is. This is money that, that our children, will, our grandchildren will pay back. And so, and I understand that that, that money is, uh, you know, it's a use it or lose it. We've got, we either spend it or we won't have it. But I have fought on the quorum court to let us spend this money on things that hopefully will at least pay dividends in the future, such as the infrastructure projects that we know we have right now or that we know we're going to have in the, in the quick future. But, but going back to the, uh, the income tax issue, uh, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, the state government's doing well now. Uh, I know there's been some talks about potentially reducing the income tax. I know a lot of people would like to eliminate that. And, um, and you're talking about doing the homework. Uh, one thing I will say is that uh, as a justice of the peace, um, you know, people see us go to our quorum court meetings, you know, two or three hours, you know, uh, once a month. And then, of course, our committee meetings. Uh, but they don't realize exactly how much work goes on behind the scenes uh, to get us to that point of, of having to do that homework, getting out the calculator, going through spreadsheets, uh, at times having to FOIA information just so we can do our jobs as JPs. And so I'm used to burning the midnight oil, and uh, and when I get down to Little Rock, I'm going to continue to do so. All right, two more questions for you. Uh, first one, uh, there's been a – across this nation, there is now 
a war going on about CRT, critical race theory. Uh, are you looking to keep that from being taught in our school systems in Arkansas? I, absolutely. Um, I, I do not understand the entire premise of critical race theory. How can something that, in my opinion, is the most racist thing that someone has come up with be considered something that should be taught in schools. Um, I know that there have been some issues about uh, if we're going to craft a law to, to, to ban that kind of teaching, we're going to have to be very careful about how we word it to make sure that uh, we're not just playing whack-a-mole, that the, liberal, the, the liberals come up with some new name for the same thing and say, aha, well, this isn't critical race theory, this is uh, something else, so therefore it's not banned. Yeah, emotional but, training uh, or something like that. Yeah, emotional training, that's a new exactly. terminology. But I just cannot understand the, the how would anyone think it's a good idea to tell a kid in school that you are inherently racist because of what you are, you know, or you are inherently a victim because of what you are. I just, mm-hmm. can't, I just can't fathom that. All right, last question for you, and this deals with uh, you all meet Every year, uh, uh, you know, the the legislature, one is a general session. The other one is to kind of get together and and fix things that they, you may find out that a bill did. Uh, what about in that, that, that secondary meeting that you all have, the off-year meeting, so to speak? Fiscal. Having, yeah, the fiscal meeting. Having that instead of just a fiscal meeting, a time when you can bring in the heads of these departments and challenge them about what they're doing in their departments i think that's an interesting idea of course i know that you know when the fiscal session first came up you know it's supposed to be fiscal and it's kind of grown past that the past few years uh, but you know obviously the, the 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 heads of the departments need to be accountable and uh and that's not a bad idea dave all right well, just remember when you mention it that I'm the one. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> Matt, Matt Brown, from uh, he's wanting to be the uh, state representative from District 55. Matt, we'll have you on more in the future as the uh, uh, as we move along in the primary, and we'll talk to you further, and we'll talk to the other candidates too, and then uh, we'll see what happens. Thank you so much for being a part of the Dave Ellswick Show today. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Dave. Have a good one. All right. Coming back in the next hour. We're going to talk about President Biden. Did you watch it yesterday? Did you watch the press conference? Holy cow. You know, is it going to be a major, you know, attack or a minor attack by the Soviet Union in the Ukraine? I couldn't believe he said that. Uh, We'll take a break and come back with more on the Dave Ellswick Show after the news. I should have an 8 o'clock hour, but what can I say? I just got two hours, so I cram it all in, 
<laughs> in, in two hours. We did good today in the first hour, Heidi, man. That was fast. Yeah, it was. Three different guests in in uh, in uh, you know an hour. That's that's when when you take all the commercials uh, into cons- in consideration, it's about forty minutes. So we did really really good. I I'm proud of myself today. Uh, wanted to remind you, I'm going to be out tonight addressing the First Moms for Liberty. Uh, they've got a meeting coming up uh, uh, on uh, tonight, and it's going to happen at uh, 6. I'm going to talk at about 6.30 to them. And uh, this is a group of moms that are concerned, from what I can tell, their biggest concern is what's going on in the school systems. And if you're a parent up in Cabot, and I know Cabot has got these, you know, a lot of people think of how great our school system is up there. Mm-hmm. But there's things that are going on within the school system that have to stop. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. One of them is how they make it so difficult for the parents to address the school board. Mm-hmm. That should not be a hard thing to do. Uh, you know, and I understand it's tough to be an elected official, but you didn't have to be an elected official and you can't be an elected official unless you run to be an elected official. So if you're, if you're one of those people on the school board or you're on the city council or whatever, you wanted that. Now you need to own it. And that means you got to listen to the people who put you in that position or maybe didn't even show up to vote but their kid is in the schools or or uh, your decisions are impacting them in the city. You need to listen. That's the biggest thing you need to do is open your ears and listen. Because they didn't elect themselves. That's exactly right. Right. You yeah. asked you ask them to vote for you, so keep that in mind. Anyway, it's going to be a Crossroads Cafe in Cabot right off of Highway 89 there. Good food, by the way, there. And we'll, they'll start at 6 with their administration stuff. Uh, but uh, I'm going to speak uh, starting at about 6.30. I promise I won't talk for – I won't filibuster. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to filibuster. Uh, and it's going to be uh, – they've asked me to talk about parental involvement in the schools, uh, how to take back education because we've allowed, uh, you know, the school boards and the superintendents who I think are paid way too much money – uh, whether it's cash or it's, you know, uh, 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 they get to be part of the country club or whatever, you know, and or they get a, they get a new car to drive around and need to get in and, and talk about that. I'll be talking about that tonight. So I'll see you over at Crossroads. Come on out and, uh, and join and be part of the answer. All right. If you're not doing anything and you're not happy with what's happening, then you're part of the problem. So we're going to talk about how you can be part of, I'll be talking about how you can be part of the answer. Speaking of somebody who became part of the answer, State Senator Kim Hammer is with me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, Kim, thanks so much for getting up early to be part of the show, because this hour, I want to talk about the President of the United States. Yesterday, he had one of the weirdest news conferences I have to say that I have probably ever seen. Would you? Did you watch it? Well, I watched the replay of it. You know, the phrase I think that probably characterizes it best is a lot of stumbling and nonsensical statements, you know, that were just kind of glued together and the glue came undone. How, how about this one? 
when he talked about would the, what would happen if the Soviet Union goes into Ukraine? And he said, well, it depends on if it's just a minor incursion. Kind of like, kind of like a when, when, pregnant. When you, yeah, when you, when you run tanks over somebody else's uh, you know, lines of their country, that's an act of war. That's not a minor incursion. Well, I think the fact that the buildup has been going on now for some time enough so that it's caught the attention of, you know, the leaders of the world indicates that, you know, the intent is not to do anything but to invade. Why would you put that much weaponry on a border Mm -hmm. unless you had intent to do things other than what you're verbalizing? Well, basically, I had to kind of put this together, all right, because he talked about it so disjointedly. But from what he was saying that if if they go into the Ukraine, if what they can, they consider what they're doing is a minor incursion, then NATO doesn't have to get together and figure out what they're going to do. Now, if it's a major incursion, and and there's no definition of what minor and major is here. Uh, if it's a major incursion, then NATO is going to have to make some decisions. Well, let, let's consider what NATO has done right now. What the pre- and the president's look. We're the United States. We put NATO together. Basically, it, it, it would seem to me that our president should be out there helping direct NATO at this point, saying, you know, we need to be, you know, behind the scenes. We need to do this. We need to do that. Uh, you know, when does push uh, just uh, become shove? Where we got to shove back? The the Brits sent anti-tank weapons to the Ukraine. Uh, today is what, Thursday? Tuesday. Mm. Did you know that Germany wouldn't let them use their airspace to bring those weapons to the Ukrainians because they didn't agree with them supplying the Ukrainians? Well, surprisingly, no. Um, and, and I mean, when you look at the makeup of the area over there and the history of the countries that are involved you know, in the debate, um, you, I think you have to go back in history and take a look at a few things that countries have done before. <laughs> and it would not be surprising to me that they would not let them do it. Um, because I think it, in times like this, here's the reality in times like this, uh, when you've got a country encroaching and preparing to invade another country, you're going to find out who your real allies are. And you're going to, you're going to find out who's, um, you know, whose who's political stance is really what. And, uh-huh. and I think that's part of what all this is going to shape up to. You're going to find out who's on the side of communism, who's on the side of freedom. Yeah, who's on the side of letting Russia become the old Soviet Union again? Because that's what Putin's trying to do. He's trying to put the old Soviet Union back together again. Well, and I, I think that's what's unfortunate about the president that we have is under President Trump, this would not have been allowed to happen. But under the current president, it's happening right under his nose, and he's not doing anything to stop all this. Under the pre- previous president, it would have never gotten this far. And the thing is, they would have known that if President Trump would have said back off, that they better back off or they would suffer the consequences right now, just like in so many other areas of our world uh, we are being laughed at uh, which you know would have not been the case under president trump but unfortunately it is the case under president biden uh, because they they know that we as a country under his leadership are in a state of disarray and all the 
all the things that made us strong under President Trump. Uh, we have become weak under President Biden, whether it's the uh, production of oil, you know, tapping into our oil supply uh, instead of, you know, increasing supply. And I mean, I could we could fill up the whole morning about the list of failures that are going on. Yeah. Had yeah. it been President Trump, it'd be a different story today. Well, I, I agree. And I'm not saying that we need to go to war, but I, you know, as far as that, but, you know, at least I will say this about Biden. He did say yesterday that it was up to the Ukrainians and up to NATO whether they were going to be allowed to be a member, that Russia had no say in that, that it, that was going to be up to the Ukrainians. Then he did pivot a bit and he said, but they still have some human rights things that they got to take care of before uh, we can look in, in, into that. It's not like it's going to happen tomorrow, which to me was, it's like, that's not even a carrot and a stick kind of thing. That's just, a, that, the man sounds like Neville Chamberlain. <laughs> that's what he, we're going to have peace in our time. No, that's, and, and that's, that's not right. And, uh, you know, I, I might have understood this about Merkel doing some of the stuff that she's doing because I believe she's a hardcore socialist and a hardcore socialist is nothing more than somebody who's got a bridge that goes to communism. They just haven't got across it yet. But the, the this, this new, this new, the new folks they got in there, they've got to be on the record to stop some of this stuff. And I wish they'd turn off that frickin' pipeline to Russia and let the United States, a free nation, supply liquefied natural gas to them. And tell me. Tell At me, a cheaper price. Tell me something. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have a question. Is that, does Biden really actually believe that domestic oil pollutes less than Russian oil or any of the other oils from other countries? Well, the production of those oils is a lot more dirty than what it is for the United States. I will, we, we can say that and say it with complete candor and honesty. Well, I just I see, I see us being threatened by Russia, China, and some of the others. Germany. Moving, moving. I'm sorry. These people, are mo- they're moving. They're talking about threatening. They're, they're going to move people into Cuba and, and South America in that triangle down there. Yeah, Venezuela. But, and that's what I'm saying is that... Um, you know, they're just not going to uh, – why do we let them threaten him? By the way, they're already there. There's all reports that they're in those countries, and they've been in those countries. What a big surprise to see Soviet Union, Cuba. That happened back in, what, 63? Mm-hmm. Is that when that happened, Kim Hammer? Was it like 1963 that mm-hmm. they were going to put nuclear missiles in, in Cuba? And you put the yeah. blockade on them, yeah. Yeah, I know that's what it was because I was alive when it happened. Yep. I remember when I, I was in grade school at the time, and I remember that we would have uh, civil uh, defense skill. Yeah, uh, civil test. defense things where we it was get under your desk, or you went out into the hallway and tucked your head in between your knees. Let me tell you what: if nuclear missiles were landing, it didn't matter where you were tucking your head down. At. Yep. We we used to say, yeah. We're, we're tucking our head down to kiss our butt goodbye. All right, stay by, stay with me, Kim. We're going to be by, uh, back and talk about this. The president thinks that he's done a great job with the economy. We'll talk about that when we come back here on uh, the, the Dave Ellswick Show. And by the way, Political has a brand-new poll out today, and uh, the president didn't do so good yesterday. We'll talk about that as well. All right, it's the Dave Ellswick Show. Wayne Beach is here. Uh, State Senator Kim Hammer is here. I'm here. 
if you want to say what you think about the president and what he did yesterday in that presser, 8230965. I'll give you a few moments to to vent your spleen if you want to and we can we can do uh, all of that don't forget about bumper to bumper typically this hour is joe and duck talking cars but since the president had that presser yesterday i i let both of them know that they could stay home today because we were going to talk about this big political uh story and we're going to talk about uh schumer tried to do the nuke option yesterday on the filibuster didn't work we'll talk about that as well before we get done uh here on the dave ellswick show for this this hour but think about bumper to bumper and the the bumper to bumper certified service centers if you need to get your car fixed i highly recommend you take it to uh, a bumper to bumper certified service center i take my car all the time to joe's garage i got to do that uh, probably tomorrow because i do need to get my oil changed and every second oil change i have my tires rotated so i need to get that done as well and i'm going to put a new pair of wiper blades on the car i'm going to get that done also they do a great job over at joe's they do a great job at ducks they do a great job at ken sullivan anybody who's a bumper to bumper certified service center can get their parts get them uh in a timely manner and get your car fixed now it might take them a little bit of time to get you in because cars are so expensive new ones that people are fixing their old cars which means there's more people to be seen so just keep that in mind as well Talk to somebody from Bumper to Bumper, Certified Service Centers, or the parts stores, and they'll take good care of you. All right, so let's let's think about what else the president said yesterday. Uh, you're a state senator, Kim, and I, I want to make you, for just a few moments, I want to make you a, uh, a, 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 a national senator. Now, you're not going to take Bozeman or Cotton's place, but I'm just going to sit you there uh, while you're you're listening to the president speak on that presser yesterday, and uh, you're listening and you hear him say things like this, that that uh, high build back better bill, you know what? Here's what we'll do: we'll break it up into bite-sized pieces, and uh, and we'll vote on it. Now it's going to cost the same amount of money, no matter what. And it's still poisoned. Yeah. So what, you know, what would you think of the president at that point? Would you, is it like, what is wrong with you, sir? Well, first of all, sitting in somebody else's chair until you've been through what they've been through, you always got to be a little cautious because you don't know everything that goes in the mix of things. However, that being said, um, I would be thinking in my mind, you can try to run what you want to run, but I want to kill everything you bring across my desk until we can get into fall of 22 and take back the Congress and begin to do things the way they're supposed to be done to the limits of the power that we have to do it and not be cooperative in anything. I mean, I think the general attitude among the educated voter out there is that everybody knows that we're spending ourselves or we have spent ourselves into a hole that, um, for the money that's being spent and the return on investment of the money that's being spent is not ever going to produce what the president thinks it's going to produce. Um, you know, all this money that they're pumping into the economy, even we here in the state of Arkansas under, you know, good leadership on the Senate, on the house administration, we know that it's going to drop off one day. 
and and what I see happening are states that have become dependent upon that federal money and have built it into their budget one way, shape, form, or another are going to be the ones that are really hurting because they've become they've become dependent. So if I'm sitting there listening to the president say he's going to build back better, uh, I, I'm kind of like that little thing that was on Facebook. Don't build it back better. Just put it back where it was because it was good enough. Yep. Well, and that's that's what I would be thinking. Yeah, what drives me crazy is we're going to build this back, but what are you going to do to take care of what you're building? But, but you know, I mean, just think about the statement alone, build it back. Well, when did it have to start getting built back? When the president, Biden, became president was when it started going in the tank, and he's wanting us to pay for his sins for putting our nation in the tank. And the fact that he's using the statement, build it back, you know, better means that it was good when it started and he's just screwed it up. And now he wants us to cover up his screw ups by spending all this money that we don't have to spend. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, Wayne, you had something you want to say? Yeah, I just I just got to thinking about the, uh, you know, I, I agree with you, Kim, uh, on the um, on the build back better. I think he left out the first part of that sentence, like, let's tear it apart for first and then we'll build it back better like we want it and i think that's what happened and the other statement was that we cannot spin ourselves into prosperity and i've heard that over and over again and i I believe it holds true you just can't do that you're going to have to at some point realize that you're going to have become physically responsible and that's that's to every elected official is that i know that money looks attractive sitting over there i know it looks attractive and you want to do things with it but I agree with you, Kim, that if they don't spend that money responsibly and do it for the things that we actually need, I'm talking about hard infrastructure issues, I think that they're going to find themselves that their the return on investment or the physical impact of it is going to be less than favorable. Well, let's consider for a moment that if we're going to build more roads first of all do we need more roads or do we need to just fix the ones that we have i mean that's that's a question that has to be uh yet to be determined is the highway uh, commission the way to determine how you're going to spend your money on the roads is the number one issue i think has to be brought up by our state legislature but uh, last but not least anything that you build you've got to take care of that means in you know, more money to be spent right there. And uh, that's one of the reasons we're at the position that we are at as a nation and as as a state at times. Usually maintenance costs are the ones that usually bite you in the end. It's kind of like when you buy a well, hunting dog. Well, they never dog. factor it in. Because you, you got like you buy a hunting dog. Everybody, yeah, well, I, got me a, I got me a prize-winning dog, you know, that's going to do a great job. Can you job. feed him? <laughs> you got to feed him. You got to take him to the vet. You got to. Can you, you train gotta, him? He gets sick and training him. I mean, you know, there's a lot more to it than just just buying the dog. Well, it's the same thing. All right. Well, let's come back and let's talk about. And I know this one's your favorite, uh, uh, Kim. The Green New Deal. Uh, we're going to talk about that because the president talked about that again yesterday, and then he told us all we were stupid. And I'll explain why I say that uh, when we get back as as well. So, Ken, tell me, how how are things going for uh, Kim Hammer? Are things going all right? Everybody healthy where you're at? In my life, I'm blessed in every area. Uh, all right. I have no complaints. Just keep my head down, just keep plowing, and just keep doing my job. And you're right. doing a great job. Keep it up. Thank Stay you. with me. We'll come back 
we got more to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Bill O'Reilly is up next, so let's join him and find out what he's got to say. All right, back with you. Don't forget about East End Towing. East End Towing is standing by to help you whenever you need help. All you got to do is call them, and I've been suggesting to you now for months that you put their number in your phone, in your cell phone, so whenever you need somebody to come out and tow you or change a tire or whatever it is, that you can get a hold of East End Towing. Their phone number, 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. And I always mention that no matter the situation, well, let me clarify that for you. Let me use President Biden's terms. Let me clarify that. Uh, what I'm telling you is that uh, the folks at East End Towing are members of the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. They also are licensed and insured every, every, on everything in their company, and all their trucks are permitted. And because of that, you can know that no matter the situation, no matter what you run into, no matter if it's you're just having them come out and change a tire, or you're having them tow you, or they got to tow you and you happen to be towing your camper. They can handle that as well. They can do it all. All you got to do is call them 501-888-8849. All right. Let's, I got uh, State Senator Kim Hammer on. I've got uh, Wayne uh, uh, Beach here in the studio. I'm here, Dave Ellswick. And we're talking about the president's news conference yesterday, which has been panned by Democrats, by Republicans, by independents in all kinds of places. Uh, I just flipped over to the uh, website for uh, Fox, and the first question they asked was exactly the first question that I asked. Now, I watched it on C-SPAN yesterday, uh, that they asked uh, uh, out of this, and that is, the president said that there be there would be economic sanctions against the Russians if they invade the Ukraine, and serious, really bad, bad situations. They're going to spank them hard. Of course, if it was a minor incursion into Ukraine, uh, then they would be softer on what they do in response. No definition about what a major incursion or a minor incursion was. The other thing that, and this is this one really irritated me. He, so they asked him what he was going to do differently. And he said he was going to get in, you know, Air Force One and travel around the country and listen to academians and listen to business owners and uh, listen to uh, voters and hear what they had to say. And he wanted to explain to everybody. He wants to give speeches, is what he's saying. He's going to speechify and tell you what his whole Build Back Better program was going to do. Now, here's the key. Let me let me. If I could tell the president something, if he would come and sit down across from me where Wayne is sitting right now in my studio and said, "Dave, what do you think?" And I said, "Mr. President, you don't have to go out and try to convince." the American public, about what you're doing is the right thing. They see it every day at the gas pump, in the grocery stores. They see it. It's happening to them. And they they're talk. pending it. You know, they're paying for it, and they're talking about it amongst each other. That's right. You know, actions speak a whole lot louder than just There's words. A whole lot of whispers about get a rope. Well, well. <laughs> 
That's a, that's a figure of speech, but yes, the, the key, a, you know, that's like you know, what is it, New Jersey? You know that that whole thing. But you know, I I just feel like he looked at me and like it was my, uh, it, it, like I was stupid. You know, if I just come and say it differently, mm-hmm. you'll get behind us. No, Mister President, when I see gas prices up over a dollar extra a gallon. When my when my food keeps keep jumping up higher and higher and higher, and you're you're complaining about it's the meat packers and it it's what you're doing to pack money into the economy, you're the one who needs to be you know waking up here. I, I'm sorry, I'm, I, I I I just I went off. I was yelling I was yelling at C-SPAN yesterday, uh, Kim. Yeah, you know me well enough. You know probably what it was like at my house. Uh, I can't believe the man thinks that it's just a matter of semantics and, and that we as Americans will understand that, you know, I figured out how much extra I'm going to pay for gas this year by just using what I spent. I, I use three tanks of gas a week to go back and forth to work and do a little running around that I do. And at a dollar extra a gallon. Every time I'm going to spend about twenty five hundred dollars more just on gas. And what about the supply chain? Oh well, you know, yeah, that, that's he's, he can't even explain that. He, that, that that's Santa Claus. But anyway, <laughs> uh, would you agree with me, Kim? The American people don't need to be convinced. The American people are convinced they're already seeing what his policies are doing. Well, first of all, to his traveling around, going to academia and, you know, getting input, that's, I would say that's the one source he doesn't need to be going to. He just needs to go out and listen to the, per, you know, to the person, the people in the street that are being directly impacted by, you know, his, uh, his policy decision. The second thing that communicates to me, well, I want to say, I want to say this back to the, back to the invasion, yeah. or, but, you know, about it being a, a minor intrusion. That's like, saying I'm going to come up and touch my wife in a minor way. Oh. You don't touch my wife at all. You, know, you, touch, <laughs> you touch my wife, it's a major thing from the beginning, and it's not, you know, it's not a minor thing to me. And I think that's the way the United States needs to be looking at this situation. That is, you know, look at, look at Ukraine as though it's our wife. And would anybody want anyone putting a hand or finger or anything else, just get out of her space and don't even come in her space, or I'm going to do what i got to do to protect her because that's what I vowed and committed to do. Secondly, uh, I think this going around the nation is trying to buy him time, number one. Number two, what it communicates to me is he doesn't have a plan. If yeah. you got a plan, I if you got a plan, you don't have to go out there and talk to people. You go out there mm-hmm. and tell them, this is the plan. You can either get on board or not. Here's my reasoning. And I don't think that he has the plan. He is trying to find popularity in order to develop the plan, which is a dangerous, a dangerous approach to go to because you build your plan on the basis of what's the problem, what's the best way to attack the problem. Here's how we're going to address the problem. And this is what I'm going to do as a leader in order to get us past the problem. And he doesn't have the capabilities and he doesn't have, um, he doesn't have the plan in order to do that. So I think a lot of this is just smokescreen stuff. It's incredible. At, at, at taxpayers' expense, by the way. Yeah, at, at taxpayers' But Hunter Biden, heck, 
it was taxpayer expense of him flying all over the world and we haven't even gotten that that story's out now and it's going to be interesting to see what happens there but you know it, it's incredible to me that this president wants to do build back better okay he still wants to do that program he still wants to spend five trillion dollars over 10 years all right he still wants to do it but he thinks that if he breaks it up into smaller pieces everybody suddenly is going to see the light or something we've seen the light already we know what that elephant looks like yeah we've already (laughs) seen it it's happening we don't want any more of it take it back stop and he's not listening he's just he's just not listening i mean like i said you know over two thousand dollars more just for gas in a year that's significant that's significant, and, and, and that, and that oh, rolls really? down, Wayne. Oh, no. I don't go out to eat as much now. Mm-hmm. All right, that's how you don't rein, don't reinvigorate your your economy in a nation is well, taking you, the money and forcing it into taxes. Yeah, and that's and that's it's it's a camouflaged word for tax increase is what it is. But and and I know this has been well brought out at the national level, and this is old news but it's relevant news and that is that all these increases at the gas pump you know he he went into the federal or he went into the emergency reserve for 50 billion you know uh drums of uh of oil or 50 million he wants to do it again and he wants to do it again and we what was predicted came true about two months later um you know gas here in benton went up about 15 cents a gallon it's moving up again yes it is and and that is evidence of failed policy. And I think that's why people need to be motivated come this November to send a very clear message. Um, we we are going to turn this thing around and get it back in the direction it should have been going, which we should have never left. And that was when President Trump left office. So. I got you. Hey, Kim, I'll let you out of here because I'm going to take yeah. a break. And then when I come back, I'm going to talk about little Chucky Schumer. Uh, in the Senate and how he tried to blow up the filibuster and it blew up in his faces, uh, you know, instead. He he looks like from those 1940s and 1950s movies when the guy had the exploding cigar and it blew up and it left black all over his face and everything and he's got the big eyes looking at you like, ooh, what happened? Uh, we're going to talk about that next. <laughs> hey, let me say this in closing. Sure. The American, the American people are not stupid, and I think that is one of the greatest mistakes that the Democrats are making right now. Oh, they're they treating us like we're they, stupid. They've written off the American people as stupid, and that's why it's going to come back to bottom in November, and then it's going to come back to really eat the apple in 24. I so. think you're right. I think you're exactly right. All right. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you, thank Senator. You. Thank you, Appreciate Kim. you getting up in the morning and having a cup of coffee with us. Thanks so much. Uh, that's Senator. Kim Hammer, uh, State Senator Kim Hammer here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, when we come back, Wayne and I will take on the uh, the filibuster argument yesterday in the Senate. I, I watched some of that on C-SPAN as well. I went over to the Senate channel and watched some of that. I was telling Heidi about this, and she's just looking at me like, dude, you spend too much time on C-SPAN. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. Let me remind you about uh, Pat Davis and Pat Davis, what he does for you. Uh, he gets you health insurance 30 to 50 percent cheaper than what you got it now. Uh, and that doesn't matter who you use. You can be using Aetna. You can be using uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, whomever. The way that Pat does it will save you 30 to 50 percent on health insurance. And when you talk to him, 
Ask him about no copays. He'll explain to you how that works. And deductible busters. He'll explain to you how that works. I mean, you can actually get checks back from the insurance that you're using, health insurance, uh, through the way Pat Davis does this. You call him, 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935, or visit him online at yourhealthplanman.com. All right, let's finish it up for a uh, a Thursday. And there's been there's just a ton to talk about. I mean, nationally, the president's press conference is re- really important to talk about because I'm just telling you, he called you stupid yesterday. He just he did it in a way that maybe it didn't make you feel really bad, but he still called you stupid. He was basically saying, you know, if I fly around this country and give a whole bunch of speeches, I can convince you that my policies are working when in fact. When, in fact, all you have to do is go to the gas pump, go to the store, buy anything or try to get anything. And maybe you can't even get it because the supply chain is so screwed up. And uh, it don't matter what you say. The prices are a direct reflection of what the policies are. He's been he's kind of been in that glass dome or the echo chambers too long and hasn't gotten out and actually see what's around the country. You, He's going to the big cities. You want you want to know what I think this minor, major incursion thing sounds like? It sounded like uh, when uh, Gerald Ford and Carter were running against each other. And remember, Gerald Ford got beat, and Carter got the presidency because he said he was talking about Poland because things were heating up in Poland where they wanted to throw off the yoke of the, of the communists. Mm-hmm. And uh, he basically said, well, Poland's not under communism. <laughs> All right. I mean, it was the, it was a huge gaffe by the president. It lost the election. Yes, it did. Because I'm going to tell you what, you know what? People back then knew a whole lot more now politically than uh, what people are are knowing now. It's like you remember when Mark Pryor here in in our state said that the average economy or the average pay grade was uh, like two hundred thousand plus dollars per person, and they got real quiet. I heard this hush, like who who's making that kind of money? Because I know nobody in my neighborhood <laughs> making two hundred thousand dollars a yeah. year. No you kidding. And, then, and I think that actually washed uh, washed his his chances too. That that changed that election. But it's the same type scenario is yeah. that they're out of touch with the people here in the United States. You're right. States. They get in the Washington bubble and they only listen to the people who are talking to them. I mean, if you listened closely to his uh, presser yesterday, the president said when he was talking about inflation, he said that if they spent all that money for Build Back Better, it's about $5 trillion, that it would not make inflation worse. And those 18 really smart economists that he had on his staff told him that. All right. I'm going to tell you, all of those economists are new Keynesians. We've got those, we've got those people here in the state of Arkansas, too. Keynesian economics basically says you can spend as much money as you want. You can get it. You know, you can get it back in uh, by raising taxes and things of that nature. But it doesn't matter how much 
it doesn't matter how much you go in debt. That's basically what a Keynesian will tell you. It's not and, your money. Yeah, and the, so the whole thing about uh, uh, the new Keynesian stuff, you got to read it. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I thought they were nuts before as Keynesians. Now I'll double down and tell you that they're totally insane. They really, really, they really are. All right, so let's talk about what little Chucky Schumer tried to do yesterday. Uh, he wanted to get... I guess all the Republicans on board uh, that they that they they didn't want to blow up the uh, filibuster. Yeah, the filibuster, and then it, I think he wanted to get Mansion and Cinema uh, on uh, uh, voting with the Republicans because uh, not Schumer, but um, uh, who's the commie up there in Northeast uh, um, United States? Um, uh, they ran for the Democratic nomination. The old man. There's a whole, the, whole uh, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Sanders. Thank yeah. you. I I try to wipe him away from my my uh, my mind. I try to forget who he is, just because he's such. He's still a he's, he's still a, a puppet master. He is a man. dangerous man. I'm yes, just telling. Yeah. You, he's a dangerous man. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, he was walking down the halls of the of the Senate, and he, he was saying that they were going to get uh, people to challenge Cinema Mansion in their states uh, during the primaries. So I'm going to tell you right now, Mansion ain't going to lose. The people of West Virginia believe just the way he does, and I don't think Cinema is either. They're both sticking sticking with their principles here and. And uh, I know people said, isn't it bad that we got to have, we got to get, one, you know, some Democrats to keep this from happening from, from uh, the, uh, the filibuster being done away with. Folks, elections have consequences because of those Senate seats that turned uh, during the last election. That's why uh, the Republicans couldn't just say this ain't going to happen. All right. They put a couple people from. Uh, Georgia in there that are dangerous, dangerous people. And uh, then you put the uh, uh, Gifford's wife uh, there in uh, in Arizona in the Senate. So I'm, I'm just telling you, elections have consequences. Right. And you got to keep that in mind. All right. Don't forget to join me tonight at Crossroads Cafe. I'll be there to speak at about 630. And uh, we've got a deal going on over there. Uh, It's going to be a new group that's going to just start uh, getting together and uh, talking about different things that are that are that are going on in uh, in Cabot. And this is a group uh, that are calling themselves First Moms for Liberty. And they're fighting the battle that is going to have to be fought about the education system in Cabot. Uh, We. First of all, we pay our superintendent way too much money. And uh, there, there's other things to be talked about as well. Uh, it's bad when your school board says you've got you to go out and collect X amount of signatures and present a letter to them that allows you to talk to them at a school board meeting. We'll talk about that as well. And uh, just about parental involvement, it's important for parents to understand that if you don't get involved in your child's education, 
Uh, if you say, well, I don't want to be involved in politics. Well, let me tell you what politics is involved with you, whether you like it or not. And uh, I'll be talking about that about 630. We're going to be at the Crossroads Cafe in Cabot on Highway 89. I hope that you'll join us. And I'm coming over to speak, be their first speaker. And I, I'm very honored that they thought of me as their first speaker. And I'll be up in Jonesboro at the uh, gardens up there. We've got a, a fundraiser for conservatives up there. And I want to see, uh, I'd like to see, it's a packed crowd. In fact, it's a sold-out crowd. Good. And I think uh, I think they'll turn out to be pretty good. And that starts at about 6 uh, this evening in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh, I, I'd like to see uh, see some old friends up there that I hadn't been up there in a while. And uh, you want to see Dan Sullivan? Oh yeah, I, mean, right. I hope hope so. Got to sit down with him. All right. With that all in mind, I'll be back with you again tomorrow morning at six a.m. And Robert Steinbach is going to be here. Chris Corbett will be here. Uh, Matt Smith will be here, and we'll talk about everything that's uh, you know wrong with the world and how we're going to make it right. That's coming up tomorrow. Friday edition, Dave Ellswick Show. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.